heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the YWC podcast. I, unfortunately, today am solo because of some problems with both Lorenzo brothers and Phil, but Phil is a maybe for today. Um, I had this whole thing planned out. Um, Eli Manning, Super Bowl talk, look back at the season, but we have to start, unfortunately, on a very sad note, and that's, it doesn't have to do with football, but it has to do with the passing of Kobe Bryant, his honor, Gigi. And the seven other people that were on that helicopter in Calabasas, California on uh, Sunday morning. Oh. Now, I won't come on here and go, you know what, I was the biggest Kobe fan because, you know what, I'm like, I'm not, come, when I say I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan, I don't mean that in the sense of, like, I didn't like the guy. No, I respected him. He was one of the main icons of me growing up when I was growing up watching basketball. Um, but I'm not like the guy that was, like, who became a Laker fan of, Kobe because of, like I did with the Washington Capitals and Alex Ovechkin or the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, but he always has a special place in my heart just because like you got to respect the athlete, the mom mentality, everything, <sighs> sorry, just everything that's been going on with him and everything, and just the fact too that those circumstances surrounding the situation, just it's, I can't help but get emotional. Just to see, just to know that he was happy. There was I didn't realize until I heard this from ESPN that there was all this stuff behind the scenes with him. That is, that his parents selling memorabilia on the side and everything, and that his daughter, when Gigi took a basketball and everything, and she wanted to follow in her dad's footsteps. It's just stuff like that that just <sighs> loss in sports. I have not. I know there's been a lot of loss before with sudden accidents. Clemente, I was not even alive then. There was a monster with the New York Yankees in the late 70s. This just hits a little differently. I don't, obviously, because I wasn't alive for those. I was years away from being alive. But with, Kobe was an icon. I, when I throw a towel into the laundry, when I throw a piece of paper into the garbage, you always, you hit the shot, you yell Kobe for a reason. Why? That step away corner fade shot, that's that's his as a signature. There's only certain athletes in this world who have that killer instinct, who have that mentality of, you know what, I can work harder. I can adjust. I can do the littlest of things to adjust my game to be remembered. Not just, I don't want to be another player. I want to be a legend. I want to be an icon. You know what, Kobe Bryant was all those things. This is the first time I've talked in a public forum. I know I've tweeted about it. I know I've posted stuff on Instagram. But this is the first time I actually said something voice to voice people to people. Because even though I did upload the Royal Rumble reactions, you know what? Wrestling was a great escape Sunday night for, for everything to do with the whole situation as a whole. We're going to miss you, Kobe. It's, it's tough knowing that this is an, a football-oriented podcast. But you know what? Football takes a backseat tonight, unfortunately. I'm not saying that in the sense of that. But you know what? It's just... I want to talk, I want to be passionate, but sometimes you got to think about you got to think about others. And you know what? 
even though it, it pained me, Super Bowl 52, seeing videos of, and I'll get this later, just him, like, celebrating the Eagles' win, being a Philly kid. Like, he'll be missed. That's, I just want to, I gotta end this, because I've been talking for a few minutes about it. Like, even tonight, um, as it's January 20th when I record this, Toronto Raptors play the Atlanta Hawks, and their tribute, too, it's just one of those things where it just, it tugs your heartstrings. It just makes you want to go and just... Hug your loved ones, hug any family members. It makes you think that, you know what? Seeing them every day is a blessing. A lot of people take that for granted. I know a lot. Like, there's probably people out there who maybe listen to, if you listen to this or not, if you're a friend of mine, you come from a home where exactly the situation is not exactly the best thing in the world. But you know what? You always know that you'll have someone there that's looking out for you. You'll have someone there who's. Who's just... You'll have someone out there who always knows that they love you. And just for the fact that you think about this from the perspective of... is There's a mom... There's a woman out there who doesn't have a husband that she can wake up to every morning anymore. There's an empty bed where her 13-year-old daughter would sleep. It's that kind of stuff that just makes me think... I'm lucky to be alive. I'm, I'm lucky to be able to give my thoughts on this. I'm lucky to talk to you guys in this forum his legacy will be everlasting in the game of basketball i know i love the nfl but you know what i love the nba i love my toronto raptors and just to see someone like kobe just play and just hit some of those daggers and you know what yeah we're responsible for the 81 point game january 22nd 2006 but i'm just gonna leave it on for this thank you thank you kobe bryant <sighs> okay, this transition is going to be a little bit tougher because obviously this week is the biggest week of the football calendar year. Uh, college ranks, pro ranks. This is this is the end-all be-all. This is the granddaddy of them all. The pageantry. I know I'm giving WrestleMania quotes. We're on the road to WrestleMania. But this is Super Bowl week. And now, obviously, it's tough to transition from one to the other. Like I said, the transition going from one to the other is not exactly... Uh, fair and easy, but even though it's Super Bowl week, I uh, quickly just want to get into um, one big retirement we had this week, and that is Eli Manning retiring from the New York Giants after 16 seasons. Uh, let me just, like, he, I gotta pull up his stats quickly. I was not prepared for this, sorry. The whole Kobe Bryant stuff really uh, threw me a bit of a curveball, just obvious, for obvious reasons, just because, like I said, talking about something that emotional gets you emotional. You don't even have to be the biggest Kobe fan and it'll get you emotional. See it there, I'm doing it again. Um... Let's see, Eli, Eli, Eli Manning. Uh, two Super Bowls, four Pro Bowls, 366 passing yards, touchdowns, and then 57,023 throwing yards on his career. You know what? I, I'm not the first one to admit this, that I personally had a vendetta against Eli, but you know what? He cost, think about it, the perfect season and that, but you know what? I can't, I'm not going to go on here and just, being happy someone's retired. I'm not going to go on here being like, oh, your career's over. Thank you. No, you know what? After learning about this stuff, and also, too, Alex said this in the last podcast, well, he was on. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't think first ballot. Um, I think maybe second or third, because why? Uh, also depends, to who's in his, his class that year, and also, too, just because if you look at the records, four Pro Bowls, two Super Bowls, but you know what? Like, uh, who is it? Um, I think Ken Stabler has two Super Bowl rings. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Manning probably will, and also, too, you can get it mad at me for this take if you want. 
I think a lot of it has to do with his name. If this was David Carr winning two Super Bowls from the New York Giants, I think his Hall of Fame status goes up in the air. But the fact that you're going to have the one of the greatest all-time quarterbacks as your brother campaigning for you and your father, who's got a lot of pull, considering Arch, Archie Manning, too, one of the best New Orleans Saints quarterbacks of all time, campaigning on your behalf, you're going to get in eventually. It's just a matter of when. It's kind of like at first ballot. I don't think it'll be first ballot. Peyton will be next year. Um... I think Manning, when he goes in 2025, or not 2025, he'll probably go in 26 or 27. That's just that's just my opinion. I just think it won't be first ballot right away just because there were some of the wonky stats. But you know what? He's going to get in. Why? Because when you remember Eli Manning, you remember most, and this catch will haunt me for the rest of my life, the David Tyree catch, the Plaxico Burris throw, the Mario Manningham throws. You make big plays in big games like that, that's what people are going to remember you for. Sure, there's the interceptions. Sure, there's the names. But you know what? When it mattered most, he buckled down and made some of the greatest throws in NFL history. As much as that pains me to say, he did it. And I can't go on here going, F you, Eli Manning. Like, yeah, sure. You know what? I probably said that in those moments. In those moments, I hated him. And seeing those plays just, oh, gives me a very, very unattractive look just because of the whole circumstances surrounding it and calls to who was against. But you know what? When it came down to it, when it mattered, he got those plays off. And also, too, his off-the-field work is phenomenal. I knew he's Walter Payton Man of the Year, but I didn't realize how much he did for childhood cancer. And whenever you see someone doing like that, I know everyone, a lot of NFL teams and players do that. But you know what? For the fact that you go above and beyond and do stuff like that, and also, too, for being the representative you are off the field, that's what people are going to remember you for. And that's why he's going to be in Canton. Second or third ballot, probably. But you know what? We'll see what Daniel Jones does for the future for the New York Giants. But anyway, guys, uh, more on the New York Giants. Just in a quick little snippet, here is Matt Lorenzo with his take on the whole Eli Manning situation because why he is a New York Giants fan. So, Matt, uh, take it away to your quick thank you for Eli Manning and just your quick thoughts on his retirement. Eli Manning, uh, the greatest quarterback in New York Giants history, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, um, stability from 2004 until his career ended. Um it's incredible to know every single year who your quarterback is. You know he's going to be out there every single game. Um, and obviously the two Super Bowls beat the Patriots twice, denying them a perfect season, 18-1. and one. Um, Manning lobs at Burris alone, touchdown New York. Manning to Manningham. So many great moments. Um, just a class act, and he will certainly be missed. Hopefully Daniel Jones can do one-tenth of what Eli Manning has done, um, both on and off the field. And uh, Eli's probably the second greatest giant ever besides Lawrence Taylor. Um, definitely everyone's favorite giant of the last, you know, 10, 15 years. So, Eli, we love you. Thank you for everything. Minus the um, Patriot comments. Thank you very much for that, Matt. Um, anyway, less Eli talk now, more just general. You know what? Because this is kind of another episode of me vamping um i was gonna do a season like recap but another thing i wanted to do quickly was talking about something that was brought up on actually started mike florio on pro football talk um late early last week where he mentions um let me just try to see if i can pull it up for you people sorry i don't do like a lot of stuff like on the fly if you will i just kind of, like i do a lot of stuff on the fly actually um 
But you know what? It's just because, like I say, it's because a lot of stuff I think about with this body, like, you know what? I'm like, I think that would be good to mention. Let me see if I can find it. Uh... Oh, right here. Found it. Hopefully there's no ads. careful here because I'm not suggesting that they try to knock him out of the game. That's not what I'm saying. But at a certain point, you trade the risk of 15 yards if you can send a message. And football is still a physical, violent game. If you can hit him, even if it's close to the sideline, even if he's maybe started into a slide, when when the championship is riding on it, I think it's a different analysis. And yeah, we may give up 15 yards or half the distance to the goal line. I mean, that's the thing, Peter. If somebody had blown up Patrick Mahomes inside the five, okay, it goes from the four to the two. Right. Big deal. So again, I'm not saying that that should be part of the deliberate effort, but the Super Bowl is riding on it. And if this guy's going to think that he can just run through the defense without any physical consequence, they need to, to dispel him of that notion the first time he tries. You know what? At a certain level... I and there is the comments on that. Just a snippet from last week's Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio. Peter King was also on there, but the clip just shows what Mike says. You know what? A lot of people took haste to this as, go out there and hurt Patrick Mahomes. I get where he's coming from. Because, look, in the day, we're the day and the age of the mobile quarterback. You cannot deny that for a second. But with people coming out there and going, oh, he meant, like, go out there and hurt him. No, he didn't mean go out there and hurt Patrick Mahomes. So you know what? When a quarterback becomes a live runner they're no longer there, a lot of teams back off from the quarterback. Because why? They don't want to get a penalty. Textbook example of this happened last year in a game against the Chiefs with the Patriots. Week 6, Sunday Night Football, Tom Brady ran into the end zone freely, which he never does. Most of the time, he's a QB sneak. Like, how often do you see a touchdown run from Tom Brady that's not a QB sneak? Um, and the defender basically said afterwards that he backed off because he did not want to get a penalty. A lot of defenders, there are certain coaches who will coach the defenders do not be afraid of this. I know Robert Sala is one of them. Bill Belichick's one of them. Like we saw week four this year, Josh Matthews getting, not Matt, Josh Matthews, Josh Allen getting lit up. I remember yelling, get like, I was just like, get fucking wrecked, because I was just like the hit. But then I saw the hit, and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's got a concussion. I am not out there endorsing concussions. I'm not out here to endorse, go out there and hit Patrick Holmes and hurt him, bounty gate. No, I am not doing that. I simply am agreeing with the point of, you know what, if you run, I'm not saying take a shot, but you know what I'm saying? You know what? Tackle them. Don't be afraid of them. Those linebackers, those defensive ends in that secondary of San Francisco, I don't think we'll be afraid of Patrick Mahomes if they do that. The only thing you got to be careful of is if you decide, if he decides, oh, he sees someone coming at him, he's going to dive or he's going to try to juke or he's going to try to get out of bounds. Because if he jukes, A, you're going to look silly. Um, if he dives and you still go at him, look at the Jadavian Clowney, Carson Wentz incident. You're going to have that and you are going to be hated league-wide if you're the one who knocks out Patrick Mahomes, especially in a game like Sunday in the Super Bowl. And getting out of bounds, you know what, if you get out of bounds and do that, it's going to cause something going forward. It may cause a fight leading to more just trouble and overall discipline. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, but that's just my one. I just want to bring that point up quickly of saying I'm not out here endorsing it, but you know what I'm saying? If this was any quarterback who runs... There's a day and age or two where the quarterback's in the pocket, you know what, they throw it, they get it off, you're not allowed to touch them. 
he's running. He's got the ball. What's the objective of football? Get the guy who's got the ball on the ground. That's all I'm saying. That's all I wanted to say. So if you take it as that way, I'm sorry. But if you agree with me, you agree with me. Um, that was just one thing I wanted to get off my chest about that. And then also, too, just looking quickly at the NFL honors for uh, Sunday. Um, overall, rookie. I, I see all the awards like Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Defensive Rookie of the Year should be Nick Bosa. I think Offensive Rookie of the Year will be Kyler Murray, uh, who had a very underrated season, in my opinion. But then again, he kind of came out of his shell. Uh, Pepsi Rookie of the Year for, 20, for 2019. Uh, AJ Brown, I think it went in. DK Metcalf, I think one of those two. Um, let's just leave it at that. Uh, either one of those two. I'm not going to pick anyone. Um, defensive Player of the Year. I am going with my boy, my dog from South Carolina, my Gamecock. I call him that because he plays for my team, the New England Patriots, Stephon Gilmore. Like, I understand. Like, you know what? TJ Watts can be nominated. Chandler Jones is going to be nominated. Who had a great season? But you know what? Stephon Gilmore, man, just balled. Baller, like yeah, he was just an interception machine. He was on defenders. He took not on defenders. He was on receivers. He took receivers out of the game. Like how can you argue that? A guy who's going to go out there and just take them out. Ronnie Cooper, non-factor. Odell Beckham Jr. the game, non-factor. Uh, let's see who else is he phased out in games. Just like I'm thinking, multiple receivers who did nothing. Juju Smith-Schuster week one against New England. Um, Mari Cooper was the most notable one in that category. But, yeah. Um, the only game we really got burned was Week 17, unfortunately. But that was just... Oh, that was unfortunate. Um, the Offensive Player of the Year. I don't know how you don't go Christian McCaffrey on this one. Christian McCaffrey was just a beast this year. He's the reason why Carolina was somewhat credible. Which I'll get into... I'm not going to get into... I'll talk Carolina a bit because I'm going to run each team quickly. What I think is going to happen to them in the offseason. Or what I could see happening. But, yeah, Chris McCaffrey literally is that glue that holds the Carolina Panthers together, and I don't see any other one, anyone else being that should win Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Coach of the Year, I think it's going to be Kyle Shanahan. I was going to say Mike Tomlin if the Steelers didn't make the playoffs, but the fact that the Steelers kind of flaked out, they lost their last three games. Of this. Wait, did they lose week? Yeah, they lost to the Ravens week 17. So the... Um, uh, because of that, I also because Kyle Shanahan, just everything he's done. I think the fact that they went from four and twelve to thirteen and three, they uh, turned it around. The way they were able to turn it around, I give them fully credit for that. And you know what, Kyle Shanahan's going to coach the year, in my opinion. And MVP, um, Bill Pulliam may not agree with this, but I have to give it to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I say more. I don't think I do. Oh, anyway, um, on to some other. Just let's do. I'm going to do the team rundown now. I'm going to do the rundown of the teams, uh, but basically of what I think each team needs. I'm going to start in the AFC North, and you have four teams in that division. Um, Cincinnati, quickly, they're still a work in progress, even with Joe Burrow, unless they trade. Well, we will get into the draft talks, free agency, offseason talks. We'll get to that probably sometime in February, sometime in March. But for Cincinnati, you know what? Next year's going to be a work in progress year. I think they win, I think five is their ceiling. I, I can't see them winning more than that. You, unless Joe Burrow is lights this world on fire, but I compare them a lot to the Arizona Cardinals next year where they got some people, but you know what? They got a credible quarterback, but their defense is a little wonky and their offensive line is shit. So that's why I think they'll win, they'll win the games against the crappy teams, but they'll get their asses kicked by good teams. Like how, or also, do, I think they may have some games out there. Like, look at the New England Patriot game this year. That game was a lot closer than it should have been. 
And same thing too, Buffalo Bills week three. And also too, Seattle week one. Cincinnati had a lot of close losses. So that's why I think five wins is their ceiling. Uh, moving on next to Pittsburgh Steelers because I want to talk a little bit about Cleveland. Um, Pittsburgh, it's literally health. If they can get Ben back healthy, if Connor can be healthy, and if Juju can actually play ball and play less Fortnite, they can be a threat to make the playoffs. Uh, but also, you're going to have teams. You don't know what Tennessee is going to be next year. You don't. Well, the Buffalo Bills will be right there. The Houston Texans will be there. Vegas could. The Vegas Raiders could be in that conversation. The Chargers could bounce back depending on who's a quarterback. Um, I think next year the Raider, the Steelers are going to be in a very tight race for the playoffs. And I'm going into this year as with the Steelers. I have a hot take right now. I think Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat going into the year. Why? Injuries aside and everything, you've missed the playoffs the last two years where they've had three coaches in 50 years, and they have six damn Super Bowls. The Roonies want winning, and I think if winning doesn't happen, it's going to be unacceptable. That's plain and simple. Another 8-8 season may not cut. It may mean that they fire Mike Tomlin. That's all. So if they can stay healthy, I think they'll make a push to the playoffs, but you know what? At the same time, too, it's health, but at the same time as well with them. I know I've said and the same time as well a lot. But with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you we don't know what they're going to be in 2020. They're the team where you look at them and you go, okay, what are you going to be? Are you going to be good or are you going to suck? Just, just look at that. Um, next up, we have the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to do division winners last for each division. Uh, Cleveland, like, I don't know. Literally, I don't know. Like, I think Kevin Stefanski can be better. I think... Part of me thinks that the Browns kind of rushed hired um, like Judge in New York. They like Stefanski was a rush hire. Like I feel like they should have waited for Robert Sala. You need someone in there who's going to go in there and not give a shit about what what Odell Beckham does and what Jarvis Landry does. You need someone also Baker Mayfield too. Why you've got a lot of egos in that room? Plus two, we don't know when Miles Garrett's going to be back. That's a huge factor for the Cleveland Browns. Like one of your best defensive players is out because of a very, very stupid incident that occurred in a Thursday night game back in November. Um, I remember too. Um, oh, ooh, sorry, the audio is getting really long on me. I'm sorry, I was just trying to adjust it so I don't have to keep scrolling along the page. But um, the big thing with the Cleveland Browns right now is just who are you? I'm going with zero expectation like I did last year. Last year when everyone was saying, oh, they could win the North. Oh, they could go to the Super Bowl. I believed it for a second. Then I realized this team won zero games two years ago. What in the hell makes you think that the Cleveland Browns are going to turn it around as quickly as any other team? When you have Baltimore, who we'll get to in a second. When you have Pittsburgh. Cleveland next year, I think it's going to be another painful season. I just think that. Go up there and surprise me, but I think you're gonna. I think seven and nine, seven and nine is a realistic expectation for the Cleveland Browns. But you know what? That's better than one and fifteen or zero and sixteen. A lot of it too will depend on scheduling. On let's let's take a look at this. Let's pull this up for a second and see who the Cleveland Browns are playing. Let's take a look at this, shall 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 we? Shall we? You know what? Shall we? Let's take a look. Uh, Cleveland Browns. They have the 10th pick in the draft, so we'll see what they do with that. So I just play in the NFC North. They're home to Houston in Indy. They go to Jacksonville, which could be in London. They go to Tennessee. They're ho- they host Vegas. They are going to the Jets. And they go to Dallas. They go to the Giants. So they make the two trips to New York. And they also play Philadelphia and Washington at home. 
there is a team like the Cleveland Browns. You know what? You have you have some easy schedules in there. Let's just look at this now. Baltimore, I think, is 0-2. Cincinnati, I think you're 1-1. and Pittsburgh, they beat Pittsburgh earlier this year. That's 1-1. and So, in division play, two. they're 2-4 two and four in division play. Uh, looking right now at the AFC South, I think the Houston Texans is a loss. I think the Titans is a loss. So that's two and six. They beat the Jaguars three and six. Uh, they beat the you know what? I'm gonna give them a victory against the Colts. So they're four and six. Uh, Jets is a win, so five and six. Uh, Raiders is five and seven. Um, they go five and eight after with the Eagles. They beat the Redskins, so they go to six and eight. They lose to the Cowboys 6-9. They beat the Giants 7-9. It's like I said, that's how I see their schedule. I don't think that they could they could beat the they could lose to the Redskins, but beat the Cowboys. But that's just how I see it. 7-9 for the Cleveland Browns, I think, is their ceiling. Anyway, on to the Baltimore Ravens, who last year they shocked this year they shocked the world by coming out just dominating everyone. But you know what? I actually like the fact that they got punched in the face in the divisional round. It's like Phil said. Phil called this out men, men several times. Rust, I said it too. Teams who win the Super Bowl recently have been either punched in the mouth or have been doubted. Everyone thought, oh, this is Baltimore. It's like last year. And, oh, this is Kansas City. They're going to win everything. Kansas City, what happens? They got punched in the mouth in the AFC Championship game, even though it was a close game. You know what? I mean in the fact that everyone thought, like, like even too, this happened to Pittsburgh in 2018. Um, Mike Tallman, oh, we're going to take care of Jacksonville. They thought for sure, oh, we're going to New England, rematch the AFC Championship game. What are the Jaguars coming to do? They kicked their ass. Plain and simple, straight up. They have a very similar schedule to the uh, new uh, to the Cleveland Browns, except they the opponents are reversed for the South and the NFC East, and they play opponent-wise. They host Kansas City, and they come to Foxborough. So that's the only difference in their schedule. Uh, oh, Kansas City and New England, I see both those games probably being Sunday night or the 425 CBS slot. Uh, Dallas Cowboys probably will be a primetime game either, maybe the Thursday nighter, I would say. Yeah, I think the Thursday, they get the Thursday night of the Monday night game with the Dallas Cowboys, or even a Sunday nighter, who knows. Um, I cannot wait for the schedule to come out. It's one of my favorite times of the year besides the draft and the start of the regular season, of course. But with Baltimore, let's look at their schedule right now. Um, like I said, I think Cleveland loses both games 2-0. and They beat Cincinnati twice 2-0. and Pittsburgh, they're going to go, well, I think they split with Pittsburgh. So they're 5-1 and in division. Jacksonville, they beat. You know what? Tennessee coming back into Baltimore. I'm going to say they are, let's see, 6 8 and 1. Uh, Texans, 9 and 1. 10 and 1. Here's where it gets tricky. I think they go 10 and 4. I can see, I think they're going to go 12 and 4. I think they'll they'll lose again to Pittsburgh, like a divisional game. I think they lose to Kansas City and New England, depending, well, depending on New England, but that's just me being optimistic, me, me being a biased Patriots fan. But you know what? Baltimore's going to go in that attitude next year of, you know what? Here's my biggest question with them. What are you going to do come January? Two years in a row with Lamar Jackson, now what happened? Chargers went in your building, took care of business. Titans won your building. It's not even the fact that teams who are good beat you. No, it's the fact that you lost the teams who you were supposed to be doormats to. Or you, they were supposed to be the doormats to you. That's what happened. Chargers went on to go play the Patriots in the divisional round. Titans went on to go and play for the AFC Championship game when you guys should have been hosting it. But you know what? That didn't happen. So next year, that's going to be my biggest question for the Titans. What are you in January? 
Because we know the regular season, we know Lamar Jackson's probably going to have another phenomenal regular season. It's come December when people start thinking about the playoffs and they go, oh, right, our quarterback has a habit of blowing games in January. January is where your legacy is built. You could be the greatest regular season quarterback in the world. People will remember Peyton Manning, why he's only got two rings. You remember Tom? Tom's got six rings. you got to become that Tom Brady. you got to see what Patrick Mahomes did this year, who led his team from 24-0 back against the Houston Texans, and also to had and just ran over the Tennessee Titans. Even though Titans were up big, you know what? When it came down to it most, Patrick Mahomes buckled in and went. And also, too, I blame coaching for that loss to the uh, Baltimore, to the Tennessee Titans for Baltimore. Why? Because you made Patrick Mahomes, not Patrick Mahomes, you made Lamar Jackson throw. You kept him in the pocket. You keep him in the pocket. That's how I said. That's how you're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens if you make Lamar Jackson throw. You let Lamar Jackson run wild, you're going to make other defenses look silly. That's why they were 14-2. and two. But you know what? They didn't do that. They threw it more. And also, to getting 0-2 on fourth down doesn't help your case either. Anyway, guys, I spent enough time on the north. Let's move to the south. Uh, south quickly. Um, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I don't want to say anything right now because I don't know. I don't know what the quarterbacking situation is going to be in 2020. Um, I think they're unfortunately still... I think they're in a rut right now. I 7-9. I see the same 7-9 potential that I do for the Cleveland Browns. Colts, I want to see what the quarterback situation is. I personally think they will get Phillip Rivers. Um, because who else is going to pay Rivers? And also, too, with Rivers, you're going to have a solid... You already have a solid O-line. you got some weapons to play with. And I highly doubt Tom Brady's going to want to go to the place where Peyton Manning played. It'd be like Alex Ovechkin going to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just... It's just... There's certain things you don't see happening. Or to uh, Derek Jeter going to play for the Boston Red Sox. Even though Yankee fans right now are probably cursing like a sailor towards me hearing that. Um... Tennessee Titans, I want to see what they do with the quarterbacking and running back situation. But you know what? If they keep their core intact and they keep, if they somehow manage to keep Tannehill and Henry, they could win the South. And here's the team I want to spend the most time on. I'm only running through the South quickly because A, I really don't care about the division, and B, there's not a lot there to prove considering a lot of the teams are, we got to see what happens in free agency and the offseason. And because two, three of the teams have potential quarterbacking questions. The one that doesn't is the Houston Texans. But the fact that Houston doesn't have a pick in the draft within, like, let's look this up because I know, actually, Houston wasted a lot of their draft stock and capital. Like, there's their first, they have four picks, the entire draft. The second, the fourth, the fifth, and the seventh round. You can't do much without your picks. We The Houston Texans for me right now, I know I say this a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, but you know what? I said it fan-wise about this, that they're compared to this NHL team. But the Houston Texans right now are like the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've got some pieces, but you know what? They were trading away draft capital to improve, but they never got over that hump. The hump for the Leafs is facing the Boston Bruins in the first round and getting out. The hump for the Houston Texans is they cannot win a game in the divisional round. So until Houston gets a solid offensive line, some more help in the secondary, and you know what? I, that's the one thing I just want to say over here right now. They don't have, they didn't have Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson Jr. are great, but you know what? Lamar Miller is your capable running back. So with that being said, if one of those four picks is not on an offensive lineman, I will just be flabbergasted at Bill O'Brien. You need offensive line help. Like when we see Patrick Mahomes scramble in the pocket, 
It's because he's looking to do stuff. When you see Deshaun Watson doing it, it's, oh, fuck, there's a defensive lineman coming to pound me down on the ground. I know that sounded inappropriate, but you know what, folks? It's true. When you look at the Houston Texans, every single year, it's their offensive line. Deshaun Watson just gets his ass whooped every game, no matter who they're playing. Sure, the Houston Texans can win. It's guaranteed he's going to get sacked at least twice in a game. You get offensive linemen, we may see you in Tampa. And also, too, Deshaun Watson knows a thing or two about winning in Tampa Bay. 2017 National Championship with the Clemson Tigers. So I think the Houston Texans are going to be right there in that playoff race. But you know what? Without any offensive line help, and too with the United States as well, you've got to stay healthy. They are either hurt as they're either hurt or they're healthy. Will Fuller needs to be healthy. JJ Watt needs to be healthy. I, I don't know what else you need to do if you're the Houston Texans. Just stay healthy. That's all you gotta do if you're the Houston Texans. Moving on to the uh East now. Actually save the East for last. Let's do the West. Uh Denver with you know what? If Denver can add a couple pieces, add a Another nice little weapon of wide receiver for Cortland Sun to ha- not for Cortland Sutton, to accommodate Cortland Sun. They're good. It's just the fact that you got the Chiefs in your division, and we don't know what the Chargers are going to be. A lot of people think Brady's going there. I got a take for you. I see Cam Newton in LA. Think about it. He's got star power. He's an MVP caliber player, and also too. Um, that's lovely to see. Marcus All being hurt. Uh, sorry about that. I just got the Raptors injury report, and it's like, ugh, oh my god. Um, and just the fact that with the Chargers, yeah, I, I don't think with Brady there, Brady's going to want to go. Even though everyone says the allure of LA, Brady and Giselle, do you really think Brady's going to want to go to a team where your offensive line is suspect? I don't. They'll probably get rid, because with Cam being there, and say if they get Cam, you have Eckler or Gordon as, like, to play, like, Eckler Gordon with weapons like they had McCaffrey. I'm not saying they're McCaffrey. No one's Chris McCaffrey. But you know what? You got a good running back tandem. You got Hunter Henry, who's probably going to get franchise tag, in my opinion. You also got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams as well at your receiving core. Um, the, as long, and all, the only thing I think with the LA Chargers, too, they need to spruce up their defense a little bit. They need to add some defensive back help because it's the big question with them. But the Chargers, um, depending on who their quarter, that's the same thing like with the Colts and the Jaguars. We don't know the quarterbacking situation. I can't comment on it at the moment. Denver, and Denver will be on the odd side out. I think they'll be an eight and eight team. Uh, they're going to give a lot of teams trouble this year. I think they there's they're going to lose a lot of close games. I think they're going to be like the, what the Chicago Bears were, where there's some games where it's just frustrating, but then there are some games where they give you that little bit of hope. That's what I think the Denver Broncos are going to be. But you know what? Surprise me, Denver Broncos. Surprise me. Uh, the Raiders, too. It depends on their quarterbacking situation. Um, one thing I want to add quickly is Derek Carr needs to be more thick-skinned. For the fact that he comes out, too, and challenges guys like Stephen A. Smith or Max Kellum into a fight. When you know what? It's their job to critique you. And also, due to the fact, too, when he gets asked about, like, oh, Brady talking to Mark Davis at the UFC fight uh, about 10 days ago and McGregor fought Cerrone. You know what? He's allowed to. And also, too, if another quarterback comes in, it's because why Derek Carr is a very hit-or-miss quarterback. He had a good 2019, but you know what? If John Gruden can do better, he's going to go find someone that can do better. Why wouldn't he? He loves having many quarterbacks. There are stories with him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he brought like four quarterbacks in like throughout training camp because he didn't know who he wanted to start. 
That's all. Um, like, so Vegas is the same thing, too. We'll see what they do with quarterbacking. But you know what? If they can have the right piece, they I think it'll be like the Broncos where they're just on the outside looking in. Why? Because of the level of competition. That leaves us with the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think will win the division again. Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid. You know what? And Kansas City's going to be right there because I will say this for now. For as long as Tom Brady is a New England Patriot, for as long as Patrick Mahomes is a Kansas City Chief, and Lamar, as long as Lamar Jackson is Baltimore Raven, you know what? Those are the only three teams I see going to Tampa next year. Those are the only three. I don't see anyone else. I think it's going to be New England, Baltimore, Kansas City going to the Super Bowl, and I think it's going to be like that for a very long time. So it's like I say, Kansas City, you know what? Kansas City is going to keep doing what they do. They have a good defense. Now the fact that they can play the way they've been playing defense for what, the last month and a half, month and a half, two months, they're unstoppable next year. I think they'll easily could get a bye. They'll get a bye week, I think, again. Last but not least, the AFC East. That jolly old division, I'd love to root for it. Miami, still rebuilding. I think five, six wins is their max. The Jets... I Adam Gates is on the hot seat. Oh, that's the other coach I want to add. Doug Marone, hot seat coach. Thick Vangio is if it ha- if the season goes horribly. Uh, Gruden's paid and also do it with the Chargers. Really, you're bad. I think Anthony Lynn will be gone. Um, but with um, with Anthony with not Anthony Lynn. With Adam Gase, because Jeff Vance hated the hiring from the beginning. He kind of ruined the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if Adam Gase is the coach of 2021. If I'm the Jets, write the season off. Try to pick up someone good in next year's draft. I just don't see it for them. Like, they give you this like sense of hope that, yeah, everything's going to be good, everything's fine. Then they just have bad games. Like, the Jets need a lot of help. I don't think Adam Gase is the man to do that for them. I think they need to go out there and get a much better coach. That's that's my that's my two cents on that opinion. They need a better coach. So until Adam Gase, as long as Adam Gase is running the show, I have absolutely zero faith in the New York Jets. Zero. With an S. With a Z. Excuse me. Oh. <sighs> And the Buffalo Bills coming in hot. The B-U-F-F-L-O Bills are a wide receiver weapon. Not just any wide receiver. They need a playmaker, a baller. Because you got Dawson Knox, you got John Brown, you got Cole Beasley, you got Devin Singletary, you got Josh Allen. You know what you need? You need someone for Josh Allen to just chuck bombs to. This pains me to say it, but you know what? It's true. That's what I know with the Buffalo Bills. It's the same thing as the New England Patriots. The receiving lacked, and it got exposed. It didn't get exposed, but we saw what happened in the playoffs. And also, too, throughout the regular season. For as good as Cole Beasley is, for as good as John Brown is, you know what you need? You need that Larry Fitzgerald-style player where you can rely on him to make play after play. And this year, guess what? There's a lot of good receivers in the draft. You got C.D. Lamb. You got Jerry Judy. You got T. Higgins. You got Justin Jefferson. I think they could get T. Higgins. I don't want to see it because I'm a fan of a team in the division and a rival. 
But they get T. Higgins. Fuck, the sky's the limit. I'm not saying they're going to be in Tampa, but I'm saying they're going to make some noise. That's all. And last but not least, New England Patriots. They keep Brady and add a weapon. We're going to Tampa. I know that you people out there, that makes your skin just crawl. That makes just, ooh, that just boils your blood. But you know what? I think we convinced Tom, hey, stay in New England. Stay where you're comfortable. We're going to bring back the core of people you had. We're going to add weapons. We're going to go out there. We're going to draft Justin Jefferson. We're going to go up there and trade. You know what? If they trade up and get Tua, fine by me. Fine by freaking me. Develop Tua for a year. Or Justin Herbert's the other choice. I'd like those are the two quarterbacks. If we don't get a free agent draft, I will. We will cross that bridge when we get there, though. I am still holding on hope that Brady is a Patriot come twenty twenty. But you know what? Whatever happens, happens. And like I said, that's all I had to say. We keep Tom. I think we're going to Tampa in twenty twenty one. I don't see a reason why we wouldn't. And it just makes me happy to say that. But you know what? They go out there. They add a wide receiving weapon. They actually go out there. Or two, you get Amari Cooper in free agency. You get Robbie Anderson in free agency. Uh, you convince Hunter Henry to come. You give Tom what he wants money-wise. And then you say, you know what? We got these players for you. Go play. Go get seven. My opinion still is Michael Jordan's got six. Tom wants seven. I think Tom wants to get seven. Why? Just to get that GOAT status. Just to get that. I have the most championships. I know Bill Russell has ten. I believe that's the number. I think he wants to break Jordan. I personally think that's a goal of his. Is just to have more than Michael Jordan. That's what I think it is. That's all I got to say. Um, seeing that I've talked about this for about 20 minutes now. I'm going to save the NFC for next week. Because next week... I'll have people here who are fans of the NFC. Uh, where we talk about the North, South, East, West, or North, South, West, East, uh, however order I spin it. But when we come back, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl talk, baby. Be right back in just a sec. Okay, and we're back. Um, Sometimes you wake up in a dream. Sometimes you have a nightmare. Now I got a nightmare on my hands because guess what? I didn't think it was going to be on tonight, but Nightmare 10 once again. Third appearance on the program. Phil, we got a big game to talk about. The fans are jumping out of their seat like, oh my God, I thought it was just grip. Ooh, we got backup, man. I could not do this alone. This is just not, it's not any show. It's like I said before. We're previewing the pageantry, the the magistry. I don't even know if that's a word. The allure, the granddaddy of them all. I said this before. Those are WrestleMania metaphors, but you know what? This is the Super Bowl. Bro, I was. There's so much different. The last time the Super Bowl didn't involve the Patriots, so yeah. <laughs> this is. I'm, I'm still. I still. Like I'm still. Like it just doesn't feel right. You know, it's gonna be a long gap between Patriots games. I'm still not. I don't know. It's weird. Very, very but, weird. But I don't want to sound like the Homer. Congratulations, Chiefs fans, Niners fans. It is nice to. In the sense to like for you guys, I don't, I would still take us being there in a heartbeat. So, but I will be nice, and it's good to have other fans having a chance at it and getting to see other players get rings and stuff like that. The only thing I'll say about that too that I like is just the fact that a team 
who hasn't won, like, the, the, the 49ers' last Super Bowl, I think, was, like, 20-plus years ago, and the Chiefs' last one was 50 years ago. That's the only thing I... Like, I, I always like seeing that in sport, is that if the team I like can't win, it's a team who hasn't won in a very long time. But one thing I will say, and this is... I'm going to sound so bitter, and that's okay. Like, I get it. I'm going to sound like a homer. I'm going to sound bitter. But I'm someone that likes to see... The team that goes is if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, and it's not the Pats in, in the AFC, not NFC. NFC's not uh, alluded to this, but you got to beat the Pats to go. That's why I so thought that Tennessee needed to win because it's like the Pats is that team. Like you got to beat like the Chiefs. The Chiefs had to beat the Texans and then a Titans team that had already had to go through the ringer. That's my only downfall. But you know what? I'm not taking anything away from Kansas City, even though that sounds like I am. I'm just saying, like as a Pats fan, I'm like. Beat us. That's why I was all on Tennessee's train, even before they beat Baltimore. I'm like, once you beat us, you got my respect. Because I'm just like that. You know, unless you're the Jets or some stupid AFC East team. Oh, dude, but- I, I totally agree with you. I just like giving that narrative of how, you know how teams, because like, there's the narrative outside of us where a lot of people are happy that New England's not in because it's a new team winning. I, I only like seeing that in sports in general just because like, like how I was saying with Kansas City, 50 years between champ like it, appearances alone. So it's like one of those things, you know what, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for guys like Victor. I don't know any Chiefs fans personally. My mom's, like, she's kind of sort of one because she likes Patrick Mahomes. But, but besides so that, yeah. Like, he won me a, he, well, should have won me a fantasy uh, championship a couple years ago. Or not last, last year. But my team choked in the playoffs. But in another league. So that's but, story of my life. life. But he, he, I mean, I was dominating teams that league. I mean, he only had some rough. Like, I think he had deep. Like, he had average games, and I lost my championship, basically. <laughs> Which average games would win you in most cases. But, anyways, that's beside the point. I love Mahomes. I do think he's a little cocky for his little britches. But he's young. He's you know what I'm saying. That sounded so country. He's a little cocky for his little britches. But no, I mean, I think he's young, and I think a lot. Lamar Jackson has a lot of learning to do in that department. Um, but I just I I attract to guy like to. I attracted guys. Wow, people are gonna have fun with that one. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I like I I kind of lean towards the guys that are like the quarterbacks that are like, or any players in general. If you see most of my favorite players, they're they're, they're more humble guys. Uh, there's some few exceptions, but like I I mean, people might disagree. I think Brady's one of the most humble guys there is. When they're in the game, that's a different story. In the game, I don't I want you to be fired up. But when it comes to like, like don't be cocky when you know you ain't done nothing yet. You know, so. So, like, I love Deshaun Watson's good. Like, Deshaun Watson's very humble, even though he went to Clemson, and I can't stand the Tigers. But, like, he's very – he's a humble guy. He doesn't – he's not going to brag about the fact that – like, Lamar Jackson, if you remember this, in the New England game, I'm going on a tangent now, so you can stop me anytime. But (laughs) Lamar Jackson – Floor is yours. Goes to – Lamar Jackson goes to score his first – like, they only scored what – I think it was their first touchdown. And he's, like, literally, like, holding the ball out. Like, it's like, bro, you're – You've had a great season and everything, but come on. Like, you just scored one touchdown against New England. That's how you end up biting yourselves in the butt. So, that was just my rant with that. But um, Patrick Mahomes is a great player. Um, I just say he's got a lot of learning to do, but um, I, I am happy for Andy Reid. I believe uh, the guy has just done everything but win the big one, as as people will say, um, even though, yeah, he, he lost to us in the Super Bowl. Um, really, really shouldn't have even been there, to be honest. He kind of took that team uh, – Farther than it should have been, let's put it that way. But that's just my comment. That's for another day. But 
But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, as far, are we going to kind of go ahead and preview the Super Bowl, Griff, or? Uh, yes, we are. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up quickly, and a lot of people were saying, like, this Super Bowl also means a lot to me, too, because this one's going to be like watching your, your, let's just say, your nephew, your cousin, your younger brother. I'm wanting Jimmy to do well. A lot of people were criticizing him in the whole, oh, he only threw for eight times in the NFC Championship game. I don't know what to expect from the San Francisco 49ers team, but I do have a take. You take away quarterbacks, San Francisco is a better team by a mile. Oh, I agree. I 100% agree. I think, yeah. and I think you kind of have the same aspects, not to the extreme, I would say, even though he had a great year about Tennessee. But like Kansas City is kind of like the same. Everybody thinks, well, there's no way that offense, even though the offense does have weapons, but like Garoppolo is not going to be uh, – we're kind of like – I hear people like trying to like fine tune it to well, if it comes down, it's going to come down to Mahomes versus Garoppolo. Garoppolo can't catch up with Mahomes. Well, that's my argument going into that AFC championship for the first half until well, almost the first half of Tennessee and uh and and Kansas City. You know they scored at the end, and that was Tennessee's offense can't run off of being behind. It's just not an offense that runs off of that. So they abandoned their game, and I know a lot of people said, well, they were only down a little bit. Why are they abandoning the run? It's because it doesn't work then. Because then they can like spread out the defense. It just Kansas City's defense worked well with the lead because they know their offense is going to go down and score like at will at that point. So you've got to have a lead, and I do. But I think it's a little different in this scenario because I think Jimmy Garoppolo he didn't. Ha- it's more. It's not like Tannehill. Well, Tannehill can't throw, or or uh, Tannehill uh, doesn't throw that much because they have Henry. Niners don't throw that much because they don't have to. And, I mean, Tannehill did that same thing, but in the Kansas City game that came against that offense, you're going to have to throw, and I think Garoppolo is going to be able to do that way more than Tannehill. Not knocking on Tannehill. I know there's a lot of Tanny lovers out there, but... The big thing, too, I want to say with San Francisco, it's different. Like, how would the Kansas City defense they prepare for one running back? Kansas City, you, you don't know who's going to get the brunt of the running. Hey, maybe Mostert again. It may be Tevin Coleman. It may be... Uh, What's the guy? Matt Breida. They also got Kyle Juszczyk in there. And at the same time, too, guess what? You have Travis Kelsey. They've got George Kittle, which with him, like a lot of people, too, even in the game, oh, Kittle did nothing, blah, blah, blah. Kittle blocked his ass off. I know you don't like to swear, but that's the truth. Kittle went out there, and basically, if it weren't for the way he blocks, who knows if we're even talking right now about it being Can- It could be Kansas City Green Bay if that didn't happen. I'm, I just wanted to point that out. And I think you're right. You're, you killed it with that point, Griff, because I think, and Gronk did this. Like, I think if this doesn't, if this year didn't show it for receiving. I mean, people are always going to talk about, oh, the receiving's missing there from Gronk. But him blocking, James Devlin not being there for the Pats, blocking. I only mention the Pats a lot because obviously I can relate to them. <laughs> Just you, not, you and I both. I, no, like, I do the same thing too. But yeah, but so like you said with Kittle, like Kittle's such a good tight end. He's not only a huge receiving threat. He blocks like a beast as well. And I know blocking's not like, oh, man, that's my favorite blocker. Like, no one ever says that. I get that. But that's a huge part of a tight end's game. You can't just have a straight-up receiver unless you have a tight end, a blocking tight end as well. So, like, that's what the Ravens. The Ravens had so many different tight ends because there's some of them are good at blocking. Some guys are – Hayden Hurst, my boy, is good, is good at both. But, you know, there's, there's things – there's elements there is what I'm saying. Like, you have – that tight end has to be a – true elite tight end kelsey can block a mother trucker like <laughs> he just can't i mean like i'm really sounding southern on this 
Dude, it's all good. We're it's the big game. I yeah. you can say whatever you want, but the biggest thing with this game too, I'm looking at is the secondary matchups of the receivers. Like, if you didn't notice this, Richard Sherman usually matches up well when it's someone his size. When he he's gonna have Tyreek Hill. I want to say this is going to be a close game, but if Tyreek Hill has a couple of those runs that are explosive, or even two, if, like, San Francisco also has these guys where it's like, you got Goodwin, you got Debo Samuel, you got uh, Goodwin, Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, you got Emmanuel Sanders. You got, I could see this being close. I could see this being a 14, 17 point game. And And the thing is, is this, is that, and also, do you have Hardman and Robinson and stuff on San Francisco, on Kansas City as well? But it's just there's so many intricate matchups with this Super Bowl where it's going to feel weird on Sunday knowing that number 12 is not taking the field. But at the same time, too, looking at this from the aspect of a football fan, I just want I just want it to be a good game because the last time that the Patriots weren't in the Super Bowl, the game was awful. And, and honestly, I know people are, are going to be like, you're crazy. But this matchup screams close, like like you said, it screams close. Whether it's high scoring close or it's low scoring close, but this this has an element because both teams are able to do it that it could also be a blowout. Because I feel like if the Niners recruit, look what they did to the Packers. Now I was down on the Packers all, all twice, year. but look what they did—they murdered them twice. Kansas City, Kansas City literally handed. I mean, because I think one okay, not all twenty-four points from the Texans. But handed uh, the Texans a majority of that twenty-four to nothing lead. I mean, Houston did score the, the first seven points on their own, but just basically handed the rest of them and gave them a twenty-four nothing lead. Spotted on points, and none of it mattered because they Houston eventually couldn't catch up with that because Houston defenses. That's a whole other story. But I'm just saying, and I think the, the, both these defenses. I mean, Kansas City proved like you were talking about it. I'll give you props on that about Kansas City's defense, and I think I didn't really. I wasn't a believer until the AC Championship because I believed they did what they needed to do to create opportunities for their team, for Tennessee, to go off their game plan, which is exactly what they did. I don't think that's going to work against San Fran, though. I do think, yeah, their defense is going to, I'm not saying their defense is going to suck against San Fran. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I don't think San Fran's going to deviate from their plan. You've got Kyle Shanahan, who, if he had stuck to his plan, arguably could have won the Super Bowl against the Pats. But the, but the Pats intimidate you. I don't think he's going to be intimidated by the Kansas City Chiefs anymore. He learned his lesson. I don't think that's going to happen. You know there's a prop bet out there for the Sunday of Kyle Shanahan blowing a 28-3 point lead. All I, all I know is that the Niners are up 28-3. to <laughs> dude, It's going to be like when Seattle had it on the one-yard line week 17. Remember that? Dude, Twitter went nuts. Oh, yeah. That game, I just remember, I'm like, holy fuck, they're on the one-yard line of the chance to win this game with, like, no time left on the clock. It's like, it just, and then they and then they failed to convert and get a touchdown. Sure, it was an interception, it was that dumb delay of game penalty, and then the Hollister stop. But here's the other thing, too, I want to point out. If it weren't for Dre Greenlaw, who's been a huge MVP for the San Francisco 49ers this year, versus him not stopping Jacob Hollister on that one-yard line, who knows if the San Francisco 49ers are even in this position to win right now. You're talking about the game between Seattle and the regular season, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine if it weren't for that stop, right? Seattle then has to not Seattle, San Francisco has to then go cross country to Philadelphia and play. Sure, even if they take care of business, beat the beat them. You're going to play Green Bay, but you're going to play Green Bay. Actually, no, you're not even going to play Green Bay. 
you're going to the Superdome to play the Saints, where who knows if Lightning were to strike twice and you beat New Orleans in their building again. And that's just the crazy thing. And to, to, to piggyback on that, Griff, is it's sports, well, sports in general, but football is just so crazy. And that's why I love the NFL when people are like, it's not exciting, it's not exciting. If the Pats do what they're supposed to do and beat the Dolphins, the Chiefs aren't even playing in the bye week. And who knows what happens, because maybe the Pats get their crap together and go to bye. I thought they needed the, they didn't need the bye. I thought they needed to play because they needed to get warmed up. But maybe the opposite happens, and Kansas City goes and loses in their – I don't know who the Kansas – I guess Kansas City would have played – They would have played Tennessee. They would have played Tennessee. And maybe Tennessee starts off, there's that, there's, that, there's that upset, and instead it goes a different – so it's football. What I'm getting at is agreeing with what you said, is that – just the smallest things in a run. I mean, that's what a, that's what a Super Bowl runs all about. And, and the Pats, it happens just to the Pats too. The Pats don't just get to go in with ease. I mean, you could. I'm not saying that that game was decided about that because your defense has got to make a stop. But uh, one uh, offsides changes the game. You know, it's like you can't in a game like that's what I said in a game like this. If it's, if it is close, one mistake can cost you. And Belichick knows that. He coaches like that. And so I think Kyle Shanahan and Andy Andy Reid's going to coach like that too. But can't, the only thing I do say, Andy Reid has at times at now this year, or even you could even say maybe maybe last year a little bit. The uh, New England Patriot Chiefs game week six, remember? Chiefs has some. Andy Reid has some like questionable calls sometimes in, in in some of his games, which is why I've kind of been a little less about him than normal. I mean, he's still a great coach. I'm not taking that away from him. His coaching tree is speaks for itself. Um. But yeah, so like I'm just saying, like there's a lot of elements. I guess I'm going all over the place, but there's a different elements in the game that I think are very fascinating for a sports fan. And the stories, like you said, the Niners, um, you know, that yeah, they've been here recently, but I mean, outside of a blackout, they were going to get destroyed by the Ravens. And that was, a, let's just be real, that was the Ravens' year. I mean, they, yeah. they, no one was arguing that when they got the Super Bowl. I think I will say this: the Niners kind of have that going for them more. Uh, so than the Chiefs, like no one expected the Chiefs. I say no one. I mean, the Chiefs. It's hard to explain what I'm trying to say. The, like last year was the moment for the Chiefs, I feel like, and the Pats ended that. This year, it's like no everyone forgot about the Chiefs because you got the Pats. Will they do something? They got the Ravens, who are, it was all the Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. So then the Ravens don't make it. So now the Chiefs are actually it's their story. So it's just like, and then I think most people expected the Niners to be there, but they still, you know, there was question marks there as well. So I think it's just a Super Bowl where, yeah, we're not shocked these two teams are here, but at the same time, like no one expected this matchup. I want to add on to that point, too, about San Francisco, because even though San Francisco went 13-3, and you got to remember, they lost that game to Baltimore right in December. They were at, they went to New Orleans. They just squeaked out a win because of a huge play by George Kittle on 4-2 and two there. Then they lost to the Atlanta Falcons at home. The way that Jimmy Garoppolo is right now reminds me a lot of Tom Brady circa 2003. He has this stuff to get you downfield to set up Robbie Gold to kick a field goal. That's what Jimmy reminds me of right now. And also, too, um, for I, earlier there was memes, too, of saying, like, how I was saying reverting to like your little brother and your little cousin you want to see do well. I'm not mad that Jimmy Garoppolo is in there, too. And also, too, I don't see trading Jimmy away, away as a mistake. If we were to hold on to Jimmy in New England, they would not have cap room to sign anyone else right now. Look, look, look. Like, there's no... There's nothing... There's nothing... That it was one of those football things. We talk about football. I think I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I know we've talked about it, but that was a business move. There's, no, it's just one of those things you get at a crossroads. There's nothing. I understand. Like I've been frustrated because I would have want to keep Jimmy, but the only look we got is like you're like in that scenario. There's only two options. 
You trade Jimmy or you trade Tom. And I'm sorry, at that point, at that point, you can't trade Tom. Like, I, you just can't. He gets another Super Bowl. Two, actually, right? Well, he, two appearances, two, one ring. It could have been two rings. Stupid Philly well, you Philly. You didn't fail there. You didn't fail there. Now, granted, I understand people say, well, you get two here or do you get multiple down the road? Do you give up those two to get, like, more with Jimmy Garoppolo? It's like, well, you don't – you can't really guarantee that. Like, yeah, it's more of a future with a young guy. But, like, why not take the two now and then try to – you know, it's like you have no choice. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, if you had – I mean – Obviously, I'm a Pats fan, and obviously, when I think about it, I'm like, well, I would love to just stay behind the goat until he's done. But Jimmy's ready to start, and he's not going to waste more years, which in in his hindsight would have been at least three, because Brady's playing again next year, so it's at least three. And more money against the cap, too. Now, granted, I think if he sits two, I think Jimmy G's job, this would have been his job this year. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think think even going into this offseason. Brady's playing somewhere else if he's going to play. The only question there is now is because we don't have an option right now unless we're actually going to go out and make a move or like make an insane trade up or something like that. So I think, but like, what I'm saying with Jimmy G, it's like, I mean, that would, or with that uh, opportunity, there's nothing we could have done. Like, for both parties to be happy, Belichick, Brady, Kraft, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy had to go. And it's just unfortunate. It's the unfortunate business side. Of the NFL, you know, it's like it sucks. Like, yeah, everybody's like, I can't believe y'all didn't keep Jimmy. Like, dude, if we if we could keep Jimmy and Brady, we would have done it. Like, it's not like that was an option. That was literally not an option. You know what? I'm not gonna Jimmy G's not. You can franchise tag him, but you're gonna franchise tag your backup quarterback. No, um, the the one point I want to, the one metaphor I want to make with this right now, it's like, I, 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 are you a big Texas Hold'em player? Are you more blackjack? No, I'll I'll hold him way more than blackjack. Yeah. Hold'em is like when you, like, I feel like with pushing the pot, like, say if we had kept Jimmy, it's going all in on a hand you're not sure of. Keeping Brady, you're going all in on a hand you're 99% positive you're going to win on. I only say that because with Garoppolo, when everyone's going, oh, what he does in San Francisco now, and also to, Phil and I are going to come back into a total what we think of Tom Brady episode sometime in the off season, probably in February down the road. Yeah, myself, yeah. That's an that's an hour and a half long episode. Him and I talking about Tom and the Patriots twenty twenty on in itself, and also too we will have just to fill you guys in, we will have reaction to for once once a decision is made, plans etc. The but the the key for the panic button for what happens if Tom does not come back. May or may not be open. It is buried deep in the backyard right now. I gotta go get like a in a twenty yard hole and a twenty foot hole. But that's just another note for another day. But that's the only way I saw it with Tom Brady because where it's like, look, are you gonna go with five rings? Or are you gonna go with the kid where? Sure, his first two games, he got that win against the Cardinals and he got that win against the Dolphins, even though he hurt himself during that game in twenty sixteen. You're not going to not pick the GOAT. It's like with the New Orleans Saints similar situation right now with him. Just reverting this all up to the trade. You're going to roll the punches with Breeze, even though this year in the offseason I can very well see it being a different different way going forward with them. That's all I just wanted to add in on there, where Tom Brady is that, you know what, it's a safety blanket. But, I mean, and, and I like we can talk about this more, you know, like when we do our breakdown and everything like that. But one comment I'll say is, like, people will refer to will refer, refer to the Peyton and Andrew Luck uh, decision. The thing is, Andrew Luck was a special prospect, people. Like, he, Jimmy G is not an Andrew Luck-type prospect. Yes, you know, you didn't see Luck in the NFL yet, but you did see, like, you've seen a little bit from Jimmy G, and I get that, and that's a big deal. But Jacoby Brissett won in the Patriots' offense. So I'm not uh, Jimmy G. I'm saying at that point, not 
27 nothing with a damn broken hand against the Houston Texans. I will always remember that Thursday night game. I'm just talking about hindsight. Like, yeah, now you would take him. Yeah. I'm saying at that point, it's still an open door. And I think that's with the Colts. But the Colts had a more sure thing with luck. Now, obviously, it makes them look like would would they have taken a chance at maybe possibly winning two more Super Bowls with with, uh, with Peyton. But they would have done a lot of work because that team was horrible when he left. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Luck, you know, luck made it. You know, made it to one AFC Championship game. That's about as far as it goes. But yeah, so we can, t- you know, get back to the Super Bowl part. But <laughs> hey, we got off track here. We we we, we have fun on the YWC Football Talk podcast set. Um, but with this Super Bowl, all in all, it's like we said earlier too, and also too, I think a big difference with this game is the punt game. Look, Mitch Wisnowski for I think that's how you say his name for San Francisco. The guy just pins it deep, and like it's like remember Super Bowl forty one too, where the Colts were like. Oh, we're not going to punt to Devin Hester. They punted to Devin Hester, and what happened in that opening run? Runs it back for a touchdown. You got to be careful of that because if San Francisco gets up early, like look at the, um, I believe it was McCall Hardman. He had that run when it was like twenty-four nothing that the uh, yeah he set up for the first touchdown. You let a big run like that happen, it just changes momentum. Both defensive coordinators that game plan, but man. Robert Sala is going to be going out there with that attitude of, you know what, boys? And I, I was referring to this earlier with the whole, don't be afraid to get to Mahomes. Offensive line work, too, here. It's it's why the Patriots won 5-6, and six, I think, was their offensive line help. The offensive line for both teams are great. It's just going to be, you know what? Who may, who goes that extra mile further? That's who's going to win this game. I've got my, we, we'll do picks in a bit. But either way, who wins this game? It's like I said earlier. I just want to see a good game. But, oh, uh, man. But yeah, and one thing I was going to say, too, uh, Griff, you might notice. I haven't looked at it because I'm sure it's all over the place. But what's the weather forecast for, for the Super Bowl? Ooh, let me look that up. It is outside. So look that up real quick because I do think that matters. I mean, I think now you're playing an outside game. So um, you don't get to do that often in the Super Bowl. So that, that could very well. I think. I'm not going to lie, if it somehow is gritty or, or rainy, I don't think it's going to rain. But if it does, because it is Miami, if it does rain, I really think that favors the Niners. That's what I was getting at. So if it's, you know. I got it right here. Um, I converted it from Celsius to Fahrenheit to accommodate my American friend, because he probably has no idea what Celsius is, and I know what Fahrenheit <laughs> I is. It, but I couldn't tell you what uh, Clear with periodic clouds and a high of 64. Okay. So, I mean, so only if it rains, I think it would be an issue. I don't know if overcast would really make a big deal, but... It rained in Super Bowl Forty One actually when it was in Miami, but now too it's a totally different stadium as like it, when you it, and I know at the time and also too here's two facts I just realized the last one was at Sun Life correct the, the last one was at Sun Life but then I remember they it's were the like same, we, it's the same stadium but they've remodeled it oh they've like it's totally yeah, different completely yeah completely changed it. because when it was Sun Life it was a bit crappy and also yeah. too the last time the Patriots were in the Super Bowl I had not met Phil yet so just some food for thought too on that one yeah, that's crazy yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, as far as like, you ready to do our picks, I guess. But um, in just a second, sorry, I don't know what's going on. My dog's going a little cuckoo right now. Do you hear that? Yeah, but um, those are just facts. I wanted to add in. Personally, you know what? We were talking about him forever. Man, I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to win Super Bowls in his career. I'm going with Jimmy. I'm gonna go. And also, too, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this, too, because I like doing this. Score predictions. San Francisco, 31 to 27. I think that's a good score. I honestly yeah. believe that's a good score. Um, My heart, man, my heart is 100% with Jimmy G. And, of course, also with my boy Debo Samuel, one of my favorite Gamecocks of all time. I love Debo. Um, but 
but the Chiefs, man, Mahomes, you said that, like, he's just, I mean, he's on another level, and it just seems like, like, they were down in the Texans game. They were down in the in the Titans game. Now it's like, I don't know, is it starting to become history for them? But, I, man, I don't know. I, I maybe You can blame me all you want for being a homer because he's a former Pat, but I think I'm still going to, I'm going to go with my heart. I don't care what my head says. My head says it could go either way. So my head's not leaning towards Kansas City. I'm just saying it could go either way. But my heart's saying Jimmy G, man. I just think he's he's special, I, I, you know. Um, and I don't like. I'm sure there's fans out there that are rooting like, well, God, if he wins, then it's like, well, it looks even worse for the Pats. It's like, look, that we already talked about that decision and what that means. I think Jimmy G, like, I want him. To, I so want him to win. I'm glad Brady. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. I think you might have mentioned it. Yeah, I did. I, I heard about Jimmy, Brady texting him and everything. Text him. I mean, like, Brady went after Mahomes at the after he won. By the way. One in a in a crazy fashion in the overtime in line. his own Brady building to Mahomes so, in Mahomes' building, and you don't think that like for a young guy, I bet that like fired him up for this season. So he's gonna remember that. He remember that this year's AFC Championship. He remember that. So I think this game is 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 going to be huge. I honestly think this is a game. Now, granted, like I said, it could go. It could be a blowout. I wouldn't one hundred percent be shocked by that. But I think this is gonna be a game that one mistake loses it. You're done. Oh, I'm. Uh, for example, for example, I. Uh, the Eagles-Pats game. I'm, I, once again, I'm bringing Pats. That game, I said, because it was score fest. No one could stop anybody. I mean, the defenses were trash. Even the, like they really were. But I said it's going to take one turnover, and the Eagles are going to win this game. Or the Pats, are, the Pats have to make one stop, you know, to win the game. What happened? Got the fumble. Eagles won the game. I mean, that's one. That's one thing you can say the same thing. Uh, Last year too. That's thing, the... there's things you can point to. Like I said, you can say you know like. We'll go. We'll go. Things the opposite of my way. You can say, you know, Eli, uh, the Giants in the past first Super Bowl uh, when they stopped us from going eighteen zero. I don't want to talk about it, but just being from a non biased perspective, that sack. Like uh, I heard Matt talk about it. That sack was way more important. That non sack, anyways. That escaping that sack to get to even throw it, it was huge, and that's a huge. At that point, I mean, as a pass fan, of course, I'm never giving up. But like in an unbiased way, I'm sure people are like, "Whoa, this is this is this is going the other way. It's going the other way," you know. So I mean, I think that's what uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's gonna be a Super Bowl moment in this game. Like, um, I know a lot. Like last year, you know, it's very defensive. But I just wanted to point out too. There's a couple moments I want to point out in recent Super Bowls where it won the difference. And again, Pat's biased here. Last year, if you guys go and look, there was a Stephon Gilmore interception. There was the Jason McCourty stop of Brandon yep. Cooks. It's a play that kind of goes unnoticed. Some pe- you have to go watch the film of it. There's that play, the Dante High Once the Dante High Tower strip sack happened in Super Bowl Fifty One, something no, just in my mind went, oh, "We're gonna come back." Because yeah, that was a momentum shift. Because they should yeah. not have been passing in that situation, but they had to pass because of where they were. And it's like, nope. Like, I knew it. I just said, someone's got to make a play. Go back and look at the running stats, too. They don't make a play, but that's the play they had to make a play, and they did. Freeman was also getting, like, I think one or two yards of carry max. Also, that was the other reason why they were going to well, the... Yeah, there's, a lot, the there's a lot. There's a there's lot. A, there's a lot of factors, too. Um, There's which other people, plays. Which, which I'll, I'm going to throw this out again. Yeah. People love to say they should have ran with Marshawn Lynch, but there's a lot of factors into that as well. I know we've talked... We, you know, that's... I, wanna, I just want to say... I can talk about that all day of the week. Anyways. But also, too... Um, other big plays. The Percy, I remember too, 22 nothing Super Bowl 48, Broncos, Seahawks. I'm like, okay, the Broncos, maybe they can come back. It's only 22. Opening kickoff, Percy Harvin runs it back. I said right then, game over. 
It's, I mean, there, it's just, yeah, there's gonna be that that Super Bowl moment, like you know how like Phil and I. Are, this is called YWC for reason because wrestling fans. Everyone says a WrestleMania moment. Obviously, they're different because WrestleMania moments are kind of planned. But I do air quotes for those of you listening. Obviously, it's a podcast. <laughs> but with Super Bowl moments, you don't know when it's gonna happen. Like there could be a place Sunday where like either front seven can get to the quarterback or stop the running game. I think a play, this play, like when it means something, it's either going to be a huge sack on third down or a throw, like even the Mario Manningham Super Bowl 46 one, Julian Edelman Super Bowl 51, Julio Jones, even though they lost the game, that Julio Jones catch. There's going to be a moment like that Sunday. To go even farther, San Antonio Holmes catch in the end zone against the Cardinals, right? I believe. Yeah, Yeah, Super Bowl 43, the win of the game. I mean, and, and honestly, in Super Bowl 51, like, when we were starting to come, I think it was during our comeback. Like those, Julio Jones makes an insane catch, and I'm like, that's gonna if they win, that that's gonna be the catch they remember. Nobody yeah, remembers that catch because they didn't win. And but everyone they, remembers that Edelman just. I remember on the replay, I was like, I'm not. Sh- I, I, when it happened, I'm like, I don't know. But when you see that ball just touch his fingertips, I was just like, it's those moments that make you go, holy crap! I can't believe that just happened. Right, and and. and we just talked about. I mentioned briefly mentioned the Seattle and pass game. There was a remember the insane catch in Seattle. Oh, Jermaine Curse! I was like, it's going to happen again to us. It's going to happen Phoenix. again. In Phoenix. In <laughs> Phoenix. So it's like, and and people if they would Seattle would have won, that would have been a key moment in that. Like, but no one remembers that because they didn't win. It's just it's crazy how sports work. But that's just there's going to be moments like that in this game. There's there just is. Another one to bring up too quickly is the Saints um, onside kick in the start of the second quarter with basically. Yep. Yep. Um, Sean Payton just went out yep. there and said, "Like, yep. look at me." And also, too, they had the Tracy Porter uh, pick six as well. Six, yep. Um, yep. So there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's always. I mean, that football games in general have those moments, but Super Bowl they're elevated. You know, to to a, just pe- players are do, doing things that don't make sense. You know, a guy catching the ball on his helmet after the quarterback literally took nine thousand people off of him. Yeah. Special things happen. In Super Bowls. So there's one more I, I want to bring up quickly. That's my favorite thing about Super Bowls. There's one oh. more I want to bring up quickly. Oh, and, score. I, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. And that is the... I, I, and I know people, too, are probably talking about, oh, why are you talking about all this other stuff? This It's not to do with this Sunday. The Super Bowl, it's just... Something like that's going to happen. You don't know when, and that's the best part about it. Yeah. But even, too, look at last year, the Rob Gronkowski catch to set up the touchdown. That was one, that was one I was going to mention, too, yeah. That, there's just... This game is just so special and everything, and, like, oh, like, we both have San Francisco, but you know what? If Kansas City wins and I'm wrong, we'll be here next week telling you guys, you know what, we were wrong. They played a hell of a game. You remember the national championships in 2016 and 2017? The what now? The Alabama-Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be similar game styles to that where it's like either a late play, like a touchdown like with no time left, like Super Bowl 43. I think who gets it last if there's not a mistake made. I think it's whoever gets it last. Yeah, I would not be. I think Niners win by, I was going to say my score. I think the Niners win. It's it's. I think they win by a field goal. So my score is going to be twenty. I'm gonna go twenty-seven, twenty-four. I don't know why, but that sounds. It, it like wouldn't it. shock me if we get that. Like, yeah. remember week sixteen this year, San Francisco, L.A. Garoppolo just drops a dime to Emmanuel Sanders. I could see that happening again. You get Robbie Gold in the field goal range. Kick it on through to win the game. It would not shock me if this game is 41-28. to 28. It would not shock me if this game is 
28-27. I'm just going to watch this game Sunday as a fan of the game. It's going to suck. Also, I know I said this earlier, too. You don't want that stress. You don't want that smoke. or You, you want that smoke, which for you, that means if you want the pressure. I, I'm going to have that FOMO of, damn it, I wish, gosh dang damn it. I wish, I'm <laughs> shut up, Phil. I'm doing that for you, buddy. Um, I'm doing, I'm, I did that because of you. Thank you, bro. I want Brady to be in the game, but you know what? I'm just going to sit back, relax, and watch this as a fan of the game. I yeah, want, I, as soon, that's the only thing I want. As soon as it's over, I want to be back. As soon as it's over. Once, until about this time, Sunday night. So for another five days, we technically can say, hey, the Patriots are the Super Bowl champions. Oh, and funny thing, I'll say this little story, because this is one thing I thought of it when it happened. Shoot, brother. Uh, today, today at work, tonight at work, the lights went out at Target. <laughs> and, I, and it went back on, I'm like, dang, if the lights had stayed off, the pass might could have remained, like, at the end of the world, the pass would have went out as in reigning champs. No new <laughs> champs. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Oh, I, l- I love that. What? Uh, one other thing I was going to say, too, is don't forget, there's something else very big going on during the Super Bowl. We have to find out the final fate of Mr. Peanut. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about that, but yes, yeah, planners has killed bit. Mr. Peanut, allegedly. We'll see if, we'll see if that's true. So uh, keep your eye on, on that. Great advertising, by the way. Yeah, also, too, um, Fox as well. So uh, it's going to be weird, too, to probably see an ad for Friday Night Smackdown during the Super Bowl. Think they're gonna do a big one? I think they'll do. I don't know if they'll. Do, I don't think they're gonna do like a thirty-second commercial. But you know how all season on Fox, it's been the superstars of SmackDown. Like how backstage tonight actually is recording in Miami. Oh, okay, wow. Okay. Yeah. So if I see that during the Super Bowl, I'm gonna go, "Holy crap!" It's just like little things like that. I just want to point that out. But I mean, I, if I'm them, I'm, I, if I'm, I mean, WWE's already the biggest, you know, conglomerate, big company, WrestleMania, wrestling, whatever. I make a I make a uh, a WrestleMania ad. You talk about SmackDown on Fox, and you and you make a WrestleMania ad for a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just it makes sense. Yeah, like Fox gave them a billion dollars. I mean, not waste money, but they've done like they've just thrown all the money towards making SmackDown huge. So I don't wouldn't be shocked at all if they tried to do something huge here. I'm surprised they're not doing like half. Well, I guess that would take it away. You wouldn't want it on another channel than than Fox, like a halftime heat kind of thing. Oh no, I can see them doing. They did that last year on the network, but then I think I think if it was another like, if it was on CBS or NBC, which actually something I want to point out. You know how it usually goes, like Fox, NBC, CBS. Yeah. Next year is actually CBS, and 2022 is Fox, and not Fox is NBC because of the Olympics. Fun fact. Oh, okay. It was last year with CBS, right? Yeah, last year with CBS. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's the other thing too. Next year, we don't know who's calling it. Like, we're gonna get Jim Nance, who's probably my favorite football announcer of all time. But we uh, don't know who's. It gonna sucks. Call- we're not gonna get Romo. Like, Romo's gonna be an ESPN. We don't like, know Romo's yet, but man, should have happened. I. That have happened. I, I yeah, which is unfortunate, because man, I love I love Tessin Booker. Well, they Super Bowl last year, right? Yeah, it was Nance, it was Nancy Romo last year calling the Super Bowl. Oh, he did call the Super Bowl. Okay, I forgot. Uh, okay, that's my bad. Forget what I just said. Yeah, no, it was it, <laughs> okay. It was the two of them, but um, I forgot he was in last year's. No, it's all good. But anyway, guys, um, that does it for this episode. I talked a lot. I talked. I did a Kobe Bryant. I talked about Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Uh, Eli Matt Lorenzo. Shout out to him. Had a pre-record of his message to Eli Manning. Um, talked about the AFC teams. Next week, I will be back to recap the Super Bowl. Phil, if you're available. You're on. Be, hopefully, yeah. We'll figure out a date and time. Uh, so we'll be out sometime next week. And also, too, we're going to look ahead at the off season, where we think what certain the high-profile free agents, we think what's going to happen. I think you know what Phil and I are already going to say about one of those guys.
But anyway, guys, all I want to say is enjoy the Super Bowl. We both hope it's a good game. We both got San Francisco. But you know what? Like I said earlier, if Kansas City wins, it wouldn't shock us. So that's going to do it for Episode 6 of the YWC Football Podcast. Phil, thank you very much for coming on and doing Thanks this little spot. Oh, as always, hashtag Team Griff Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But anyway, guys, enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll see you in that depressing time we call the NFL offseason. Good night, everyone. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.